Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school. Book clubs aren't just for women, and beer is the light of my life, fire of my loins. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov, or Nabokov. I don't know how to say it. I think Nabokov. Nabokov sounds right. I think Nabokov is more rusky-ish. But we're starting with a beer, and I'm going to say it right now. I won. I won already, gentlemen. Yeah. This is from Goose Island. It's called Lolita. Maybe you took the easy way out. Maybe you didn't win. Maybe this was too easy. There's so much of it. This way as much as as much as she does. <laughs> <laughs> There's no barrel underaged lager. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take us to, to say that one. Less less than two minutes. So this is actually quite a few years old at this point. Almost as old as Lolita was. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's from 2000 and something. It says a year on here somewhere. 2013. It is an 8.7% eight eight alcohol beer that brews for up to five years. So this is about its peak maturity, <laughs> which is a theme for the book, too. It is an ale brewed with raspberries, not cherries, and aged in wine barrels. <laughs> what do you guys think? It smells young. It's tart. <laughs> it's very tart. It is extremely... It's like something else. Sour. I can't put my finger on it. Can you put your finger in it? Uh, depends. Depends which finger. This is extremely... I do taste a little bit of raspberry. It tastes like raspberry juice. Raspberry is naturally kind of tart. Yeah. It's definitely, there's definitely a strong raspberry vibe going on. It is super tart. Like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. black hole of tartness. But not full sour beer. Uh, <laughs> it's very tart. Extremely. Um, it's kind of nice, though. though. You, like with the other sour beers we've had, and there are more to come. Is this a sour beer, or is it just a raspberry thing? Say sour. Okay, beers that are very, very tart. And I'm, and I'm going to put these sour beers in that category. You, you need to have more than one sip, because the first sip is like, yeah. holy shit. But then you, once you it, acclimate. And then once you acclimate, then you can actually taste something else. Uh, and, it's, and it's okay. It's not bad. I think this is a wild ale. I think it would fall into that category. So young and wild. Yes. How you like it? Wild and crazy kids. <laughs> wow, that's that's actually a dated reference. <laughs> that's the first thing that's old we've had we've talked about. Wild, it, it falls into that same category of like the wild beers, and that gives it its weird thing. Goose Island makes a whole bunch of beers, and they all have women's names. There's Lolita. Lolita's not a woman; she's a girl. <laughs> fair. They have female names. Uh, Jillian is another one, which is actually we don't have it today, but is named after Jillian Anderson from the X Files. I should hope so, because she worked at the Goose Island. Uh, tap room for like a hot minute in 1992 or whatever. Before she was acting? Exactly. Awesome. She, yeah. So they have all these... She's from Chicago? I have no idea where she's from. She, I think she's like a halfy. She's like grew up in England and America so she can like fake both accents but she doesn't really belong anywhere except heaven because she's an angel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Lolita. Now I actually spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to say this guy's name because for years based primarily on the police song uh I forget which one it is. Is it the do da do da stand up? Don't stand. Oh, don't stand. Which says Anna. Anna book by Nabokov. Just like the old man in that book by Nabokov. So uh, I thought it was Nabokov. I never knew what that line was until you said it just now. It was listed. Heard the song plenty of times. I had no idea. In the list of like, I think it was like Rolling Stones, like most pretentious lyricists. Neil Peart was number one, of course. Because all the songs are about Ayn Rand and like elves and forest trolls and shit. But number two was Sting, and the example they gave was that line about like. That book by Nabokov. Like, okay, I, I get it. You can read, dude. Fuck you. Yeah, it's not a terribly hard book. But no, yeah. but just making references to it in pop songs. In ska music. <laughs> so I, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I thought it was Nabokov for years, and then uh, I heard Christopher Hitchens, who was a pretty smart guy, whether or not he was a douche or not, it remains. You could be both. You could be both, right? He said Nabokov consistently. Well, now it could have been because he I mean, was just a contrarian. English asshole. people stress different syllables for a bunch of but words. But we're speaking the same language as them. <laughs> they say words different, and we're saying the name of a person who is not English. Yeah. So who the fuck knows? So I was looking online and I found a bunch of videos on YouTube, which are of dubious, you know, ver- you know, verity. But people who say they speak Russian and they're saying this is how you'd say this name in Russian, and they said Nabokov or some variation of that. It Probably like more like patronymically stupid name, you know, Ilyevich Nabokov, you know, whatever his name was, Mikhailovich. You would say his first name in his patronym. Yeah, I know, I know. How it works. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's like when you say any foreign author's name in English, you're going to change it a little bit. You're not going to be like it's like. I fucking like a like a French author's name. Well, it always like you're not going to say like what like you're not going to say Guy de Maupassant. I don't know what were like those words? Guy de Maupassant. I don't think he's an actor, uh, Who? writer, but it was like a war guy in like the Revolutionary War. He just made up a bunch of sounds that sounded yeah. French. Yeah, so you know you'll you'll, hey, papillon. you'll <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna, you're gonna make you're gonna make it sound the way your language sounds. I, I totally get that, but at a certain point, you're like that's not even fucking close. I mean, it's not like as it's, far away as Germany close. and Deutschland are far away. From I mean, like Nabokov and Nabokov are pretty close. Well, it's, a, it's about accent. Right? Yeah, it's not like we're like, who is that? I don't know who that is, guys. There's more to talk about than just how to pronounce the guy. Well, name. that's his fucking name, and that's important because it's his most famous book. I don't even know another book by him. I've read about five other books by him. They're all kind of similar in the way he writes. But oh, the Scott, <laughs> they're not about. They're this. not all about this. No, like, oh, maybe we should check this. But guy they're out. all like the kind of book where you're like, man. I don't really know what's happening right now, but this is amazingly written, and I want to I want to read more sentences like this. And then you get to the end of the book. Ah, I guess that was about a thing. And Would you say the language on. is very deflowery? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. So the main character. This book came out in like fifty four or something like that. I don't mm-hmm, know the date yeah. in front of us. So we're gonna guess in the early fifties. I want to say. I think it was fifty five. <clears throat> that sounds right too. Uh, I just you know that why number. it was literally the last line of the book. Like literally, they finished the last line, and then the, the next line was, "Oh, blah blah blah." Press nineteen fifty-five. I was like, "Oh, interesting." And I just read it on my way here, so that's why he's talking. It's fresh. It it's fresh in your mind. It's not dated or aged anyway. That is not a well-aged <laughs> fact. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so fifty-five. Sure. So it's a uh, was that make it sixty-three-year-old book? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so it's quite old. Nowadays, it is pretty uncontroversial. I mean, well, sure, fucking a kid, in not some cool. Ways. Yeah, I mean, it's considered. But it's it's cons- widely considered one of the book. great books of the that's, English It's language. not controversial that it's a really well done book. Right. Yes. The top, but the thing is, in 1955, people were prude assholes, and they're like, "Whoa, hey, I don't care how well written your book is, you can't do that." Which might be the law's per- stance on this too. So he published it only in the Vatican. <laughs> I think it was published only in France, actually, or something like that. Well, that makes sense. Somewhere too. in Europe, in France, where they're like, we do not give you a shit about your laws and fucking your daughters. Right? That kind of place. Paris. Yeah, see? What there year? Olympia Press, 1955. Nice. So it came out, and uh, it tells the story of Humbert Humbert, which is the most ridiculous name in literature. Aside from the actual man, Hung- well, Engelbert Humperdinck. He's named after a literary character, too. Oh, Jesus. That's the worst. There's a fucking opera by Engelbert. Oh, no. He's a composer or something. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked There's up. There's a fucking... I think it's an opera composer. Engelbert Humperdinck. He wrote Hansel and Gretel or something like that. Parents really hate their kids back then. I mean, you're like, what's wrong with Humperdinck? It's a strong name. <laughs> Children will never mess with him. They'll know. He'll hump their dinks. And then <laughs> they'll leave him alone in the schoolyard. 
So the, the book came out in 55. It tells the story of Humbert Humbert, who is a European academic, I guess. Yeah. Sort he's of. He's kind of like a man of leisure. He's a bullshit artist, too, though. And he... And so he's a middle-aged man. He's, yeah, he's a middle-aged man who winds his way over to the United States. The whole like first chunk of the book is about his life in Europe, but it doesn't really get going until... Well, it explains why he has developed a certain oh, taste. Oh, yeah. He bangs a girl when, when he's, he's a boy. Yeah. Annabelle. And he's right? like, just never gets over. He's like, that's it. That's it forever. Yeah, he's like, I just... That was... That was the prime ripeness for me. I don't want anything aged a day over that. And then he marries a, a Polish chick in France, and she's like weirdly childlike, and he's into that. But She's a simpleton. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. dumb and looks like a little kid. But she was cheating on him with a Russian cab driver. Yeah. It's very multicultural. Well, we, well it, it does reflect Nabokov's life in some respect. I'm not say he's a child. He's very multicultural. But he was born in Russia. I forget where in Russia. Uh, but he lived in Berlin for some time, and I think that's where the part with the Polish wife takes place. But Nabokov also was extremely educated. Was it Paris? Could have been Paris, but Nabokov grew up speaking Russian, French, and English. So if you think you accomplished anything, that fucking child spoke those languages fluently and wrote this book in the most dense, difficult goddamn language you'll ever see. Yeah. And then translated it into Russian himself. Well, you know, you're not going to let someone else fuck it up. No. Not before it's old enough. <laughs> Fuck it up. Oh, I see. So he, I think he did live in Berlin for a while, and actually there's some controversy about, there was actually a German short story called Lolita, published in the 19-teens, which tells to some extent a similar story about a middle-aged man fucking a young girl named Lolita. That could that happen to anyone. Nabokov totally must have encountered. It's, it'd be an unbelievable coincidence if he never saw it. However, one is considered a classic of literature, and one is like a footnote, like, yeah, that actually, he had the name first. It's the rough draft. But anyway, he marries this Polish bitch, and she sucks. And she leaves him for Sergei, the cab driver. And he's like, I don't even care. I was hoping to try to get rid of you anyway. She's too old. Literally, she was too old for him. Yeah, he wasn't interested. Though he also would like, he's like, but when I had a chance, sometimes I would beat her up a little bit, and it was great. And she would do what I said. And I could have done it a little bit more, but I had things to do. This This is from Industrial Arts in New York New York State. It's called Metric. It's a Pilsner. And I paired this, brought this this week because he's European. And they use the metric system there. <laughs> and that's cool. And uh, again, they didn't have don't tell your mother stout. So I had to get something a little more opaque. Oblique. Aren't those your side muscles? Obliques, yeah. <laughs> it smells weird. So we've had a beer or two from these people. We had Wrench at some point in the past or future. And that was delicious. This is a Pilsner. I don't really dig Pilsners. What is the smell? It does have a grassy smell to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't dig this. It's all right. It's whatever it, the, the the taste is, the, the, the thing. I'm not even sure what it is I'm tasting, but it's really intense. For a Pilsner. Just like. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but this is intense. This is, uh, I'm not really loving this. I think that's just my personal preference to not drink Pilsners, though. Yeah, it's kind of all right. It's a fine Pilsner, actually. It has a hoppy flavor to it. And smell, but it does have a very grassy smell and, as well in there. That I, I kind of find off-putting, which is a shame because they make some really good beers. This is just not my style, I guess. Sorry. So yeah, he uh, he's European, and he flees pre World War II or right after World War II, uh, before World War II, to the United States, and he spends a few years fucking around, <laughs> writing some shit about French literature and crap like that. Yeah, but he like, also like a professor of some spends kind? a year in Alaska. I don't remember that. 
Am I imagining this? He spends he spends a lot of time in a sanatorium. Yes, he also oh, no, he, he goes he goes on an Arctic expedition. Yeah, where he's the psychologist, even though he's not a psychologist, like we're studying people's reactions to the things that they're doing. Oh, yeah. And but he's not allowed to know what the actual expedition is for because it's very hush hush. Which gets into the major, not the conflict of the book, but one of the bigger challenges is that he is an extremely unreliable narrator. Yep. Well, you he's, can count on him for some things. He's full of shit though, <laughs> except for his love of young gash. You can't trust him for anything. You know, he just casually throws away the line, oh, and then I spent a year in a sanatorium. And yeah. then, more than once, and then other weird things that make him very unreliable. That when he's talking about his, his first love, Annabelle, he talks about how wonderful it was, and then just one throwaway line, and then she died of tuberculosis. She died of something. Like, yeah, I later. think it was TB, yeah. And then, like a year later. Boom, period. End of like, that was the entire thought. He moves on to something entirely new. It was like, wait, you're not going to elaborate on that, but it's clearly you know, the most important event in your life. And it's one sentence. For a while. Even though, well, even though it shapes the rest of his life. Uh, it's, it's interesting. It's almost as if he does, is not entirely sure what shapes, the, or he is sure what shapes the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And he's, because he's giving the story, there's a preface to the book, he's in jail for murder. And yes. he's, he's writing his testimony. It's almost like a confession, but it's like a confession to the jury, like, or the judge, like, this is why I did it. But he consist, uh, con- constantly throughout the book says, you know, members of the jury, I present to you this, or I ask you this. It's totally readers, fine to yeah. fuck kids in these countries, and they used to do these things all the time. In Sicily, they fuck their dads. Yeah, that was a yeah, weird he thing. Did say that. He did yeah. say that. I mean, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good. So he ends up in the United States, and he kind of dicks around for a while, and he ends up, I mean, he gets to the Hayes house. And he, like gets, he gets, like, uh, boarded in the house with, like, a f- uh, cousin of his friend or something. But their house burns down, so he literally, the day he's supposed to get there, and then the friend is just like, oh, well, my other friend w- will take you in. Yeah, Go there. His other and his daughter widow. will take you in, too. He doesn't know that yet. Yeah. They're like, come stay with this old bag. And he's like, oh, I guess I should. Does it ever clear what country he's from? He's Swiss. If he lived in, but he li- definitely lived in France. He Because li- yeah. he speaks, he throws... So much goddamn French out. I mean, they speak the book. French there. It's one of the languages in yeah, Swiss, sure Switzerland. He speaks a bunch, but I think I think he is Swiss in the book. I mean, Humbert Humbert's clearly not his real name. Right? I mean, it could be. <laughs> no, at, at, at the right at the end, he's talking about how he's making up pseudonyms. He's, he's making up to he's, he's making up names. He says he couldn't make up Lolita because it was too good. But her name wasn't even Lolita. Her name was something else. It's Dolores. Yeah, but they called her Lolita. He called her Lolita. He pulled that straight out of her gash. When I mean, they called her like Lo and Lola. Sure. And he was like, that's way better than Layla. Fuck you, Eric Clapton. <laughs> but it's not clear where he's from. He speaks a ton of French, I'm, occasionally I'm almost, a handful of German I'm like phrases. I'm 90% sure he is Swiss. Right, or at least, he, at least he says it because he's making up a lot of shit. But, but he does make up a lot of shit. Yeah. So his whole story is kind of like, hmm, what's he actually saying? Who knows? Which is an interesting thing for the book to do. And then he ends up going to this house of this middle-aged woman, who is by all accounts not a bad-looking woman. She's just not a 12-year-old girl. And he's like, she is repulsive. I hate her. Get her out of my sight. Old bag. And then she's or like, she you, 35. You can stay in my house and you could stay in this room and I'll charge you like $11 a year. <laughs> like whatever it is. It's like dirt cheap. And then he's like, hey, so, mm-hmm, let me think. And then he just happens to pass through a room where her 12-year-old daughter. Is she, like, she out back? She's like lounging on a sun, bat, sun chair or something. Yeah. And he's like. Looking real good. Hello. That's what I want. I'll move in. And for that, we have this beer, which I really honestly felt bad about buying, thinking about why I bought it. Why? What's wrong with it? It's by Evil Twin. Were there twins in this book? It's called Hot Toddy-ish. She's a hot tot. <laughs> and 
And that's and that's why I thought I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I thought, oh, Jesus, God, what's fucking wrong with me? This is a barley, blonde barley wine style ale with natural flavors added. I guess to make it taste like a hot toddy. I'm gonna admit right away, I've never had a hot toddy. In Isn't my that life. like the tea and whiskey or something? The cinnamon. I think it's like thing you drink in like the Alps when you have a cold. Right. That's what I think of a hot toddy. I think it's supposed to be like like a, like a grandma medicine. It's like, it's like a hot drink. But yeah, totally. I think it's whiskey and I want to say definitely cinnamon is involved. Maybe, Maybe some it's lemon. Like, yeah, lemon or honey or some shit. Like here, drink this. It'll get the chill out of you. It's one of those kind of things. But it's by Evil Twin. It's really it's goddamn good. Is it? It's really good. It's in, it's different. It's a little interesting, but it's it's pretty good. It, it tastes medicinal. It tastes it tastes. There's something just, a little just slightly like whiskey, and it also slightly like cough syrup. Yeah, I'm getting medicine out of this. Yeah, yeah. A little little cough syrup in there. Evil Twin in a tap. Barley wine tussin. Go robo trip on this. It is. It is a. It tastes kind of like there's like a banana aftertaste. I totally get that. There's definitely no banana in hot toddies. I know that. That could be from a lot of different factors. Perhaps the yeast. You could stir it with a banana, but it'd be really weird. Speaking of stirring with a banana, he sees this hot kid. He's like, "Look at that shit! That is, I'm gonna move. That is I'm not quite live, ripe. Therefore, it's forever. time." Ugh. And he, uh, I mean, he's clearly a rather disturbed individual. But he, he he's just a man who knows what he likes, Nate. <laughs> and he goes, he goes on and on about how well some girls that age are so. Oh yeah, and then he and he calls them nymphettes. Well, he's been talking about this since nymphs. before he even met her. Like, yeah, how much do they want it. Well, it's just how they are the right condition of... Not all own. girls are nymphettes, but some of them Well, they're the right, the right combination of looking just, just aged enough. Like, they're, a, they're still ch- and children, the, and the way they but they're act. a little bigger, yeah, and they're, they're a little they're asking for it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, and sometimes I'd sit on the bench, and a nymphette would come and put her foot up on it and tie her roller skate, and I would just sit there and fucking jack it. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh... Then his bone, <laughs> and then he'd go away. Like that's what happens for the first quarter of the book. He's just like, yeah. that is so hot. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing to read. There's a lot of too much haze in this beer now. So he sees Dolores Hayes, and he's like, "I will fucking take this room and your daughter." And, and then the like, mama's like, "That's fine, because I'm a dumb fucking one dimensional character." Yeah, she wants it. And and so for a couple of months. He's just sort of like watching a, a month. It's yeah, really very, short. Very, he's sort of just watching Lolita yeah. and getting to know her a little bit. He's just sort of like the odd older European man living in their house. And I think she, like at the time that they get married, it says like it's been fifty days. It's it's yeah, a little over short. a month. Yeah, it's not long at all. <laughs> and then it turns to like June and summer vacation. And Dolores, also known as Lolita, to the narrator, goes off to summer camp. Because she's twelve, and then <laughs> and he's you know missing uh, uh, Humbert is missing her oh so much, and then he gets a letter, and the letter is from her mom Charlotte, and the even letter though, is, even though she's still in the house too, she's just being a weirdo, and she wrote him a letter saying I love you so much, uh, you know it goes on and on. Although one other thing I noticed is that her letter is written in the exact same language that he uses the entire well, when time. He, when, he's talking, when he's talking about the letter, he's talking about how like she wrote all the other shit. He's like, I've summarized it here. I've left out all the other pages of her bullshit. I cut out bullshit. pages and pages of nonsense, and it didn't make sense, and her language was crappy. But even the parts he's reproducing sound exactly the same yeah. as him. It's all, in, in, it's all in, him. It's either him just making stuff up because he's an unreliable narrator, or it's the author just having the same like voice for the whole for all of the writing in the book, which she, she's... And uh, I actually, I'm not sure which was supposed to be the case, but... I mean, I never thought about it until you said this, but I guess it could be that she never 
did this he in you know in actuality he might have just tried to get with that so he could bang the kid and she never came on to him and he was like oh right I'll marry you because I'm a middle aged woman and I have a kid and no one will ever love me and he is independently kind of wealthy or at least he's independently okay he's, yeah he's oh okay off he says that like when they get married she's like with our combined incomes we're crazy rich you know it's like yeah we're fine say so we could afford a TV but they it could be that it could be that he made it all up because he also says and then I destroyed the letter because that's stupid letters are dumb. And I couldn't fuck that letter, so what was I going to keep it for? So Tried, I got paper cuts. He, they ha- so he marries the mother, and literally this is like the next week, and and uh, Dolores is still away at summer camp. They get married, they have a you know they, they have a small wedding, and then immediately after the wedding they start to argue. And also, before they get married, they announce it all the papers, and he gives interviews to the local papers and the you know the lifestyle columns. He, he gives and he, impli- he implies like subtly that. She was married. Well, they they tell they he tell everyone that her. she was married to his distant relation, but the whole time he was fucking her. So Dolores is his kid, maybe on the DL. Uh, well, I think I think that's what he said. That's what that's what he after said. After he told she them. died, after the no, mother he died. said that up front. He, he, pla- like, he planted he the seed earlier? so oh, okay. that when she was dead, they're all like, "Oh, well, it was his kid anyway. You should take her." Yeah, he was playing the long con. Yeah, he was Sorry, hoping long schlong, and he was saying, "I could, I we had a thing, a, like a long." Back when, smoldering she was, relationship back when she married my cousin 20 years ago. Uh, and I am the Viscount of whoever the fuck. Like he kind of right, yeah, built up his European yeah. pedigree. So anyway, they like already arguing and then they go off to the beach to for a little holiday and he's fantasizing about how he can kill her. Like he's, he's pl- trying to plan like as a married, can I, can as married men do. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's so boring and way too old. Yeah. He's like thinking about if is are there is there like can I, I can I drown just, her right yeah. now? Would anyone is anyone close enough to see? Ah, oh, yes. They'll just take my word for it. <laughs> I'm a man. It's 1947. <laughs> Who's going to question? Women are allowed to swim. Doesn't murder her, but wants her dead. Then she, like a couple of days later, she like finds something he wrote. All his journals about trying to fuck this kid. There's some yeah. serious foreshadowing about this, by the way, because when he's writing his journals. He's constantly talking about how his his cramped, tiny, weird handwriting is illegible to everybody but him. But he says at one point, legible only to a loving wife. And then seven, eight chapters go by, and then his loving wife finds it. And there's a scene where she's like, what's in your trunk? And he's like, none of your goddamn business. But she wants back to Back in know. the day, that was a fine answer. That was, yeah, it was... Get back in your cage. <laughs> so he she gets into You the, got the vote. You don't need this trunk, too. <laughs> so she goes in, and she opens up, and she deciphers his handwriting, and it's like, wait, you're only with me to fuck my kid? Who she doesn't like, by the way. She does not yeah. like her kid. She's like, I have a plan. We'll send that kid away to boarding school until it's 18, and then we fucking reduces, man. Just peace out, kid. That's her plan. Yeah. Summer camp, straight remember, to boarding I school. I why she hates the kid. But because she just wants his old European a, cock. But she, hated, she hated the kid before he got there. She also talks about her dead son. Which is really glossed over. It's just like a, it's like a throwaway, like, oh, she had another kid who was dead. And she only talks about that kid and, just and ignores this kid. All over her house. She has pictures of this fucking kid. And he's it like, sounds like yeah, a barely it's a really, mentioned. It's yeah. a really great household. That kid wasn't hot, so he didn't care. I was like, nah, it's got a penis. Never mind. Anyway. It's a fawnlet. <laughs> that's what he says later in the book. He goes to the young boy's fawnlets. Oh, that's weird. So uh, she, the the mother Charlotte finds the letter and is immediately like incredibly angry and then she she writes rightfully so letters she's writes letters she's gonna send them to people saying this was I don't know this was a mistake he's a terrible person like back in the day it's like I've got to tell everyone I'm gonna write a bunch of letters and yeah. mail them anyway she's crossing in two to three the business street. days they're gonna know this shit happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's crossing the street to put the letters in the mailbox, and she gets hit by a car. Boom, and she's dead. Like she her fucking brains are. She gets turned to mush. porridge, <laughs> head porridge. And you know, oh. because he's an unreliable narrator, you, you have to kind of wonder if he's fantasizing about killing her before, and then she dies by accident. Did she really die by well, accident? Well, she got hit by a car, and there was like an old man driving the car. And so you're they, pretty they, confident. They, they like call but him while he's inside. made up the whole story. Well, if you're going to play a lot that of game, then the whole book true. is made up. Yeah, I mean, but also, also like they, they call him while he's inside, and he's like, no, she's not dead. She's right here. Yeah, and something happened to your wife. No, my wife is right inside the house, nagging the tits off of me. <laughs> and then he's like, goes in the room, and he's like, oh, she's not here. She's she's a meatloaf in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he calls her brains porridge. Yeah, because she her head because the little bear liked them. <laughs> <laughs> they were just right. <laughs> unlike unlike for him, they were too old. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. Another beer. One of the one of the beers I brought. <clears throat> so let's start with this beer. It's not with porridge. Nate, so this is Nate, called. You brought this, yeah. So this is called passionately sour ale from the Portsmouth Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Which to anyone else in the country, you would look at that word and say it says Portsmouth. Mouth. But, but if you live in New Hampshire, like as British as possible in New Hampshire, it still is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to physically go there to the place to pick this up. He had to boof it back. <laughs> There's a lot to boof. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a forearm. <laughs> anyway, it's way with passion fruit, right? A sour ale. Did you I, go? Did you go to this brewery? I did, but that's the. This is the only beer they had that. Looked good for any of the books we're doing. So I'm like, oh, all right, I'll get that one. It is. I, I can't imagine that they did not put passion fruit in it with that kind of a name. It's got a really weird taste. It, it tastes kind of like smoky or like something weird. It's something got an off. extra weird. It's, it's like, like, a, it's like the, chewing the, on a cigarette. <clears throat> the sourness hits you first. And then the like back part of the taste. Yeah. There's like a tang to it. What's up? My mouth feels musty. Chalky almost. Yeah. Something, something's weird. It's not very sour or passionate. I don't know what the fuck a passion fruit tastes like. I'm not sure I've ever seen one in its full form. They're like a purple kind of lump thing. They're yeah. like the size of a pear, uh, a plum. Okay. Small, but more yeah. more elliptical. And you actually, they're kind of like pomegranate. Like you eat the seeds inside. You don't actually oh, you eat, can't the, whole eat the whole thing. It's more trouble than it's worth. Pain in the ass. Pain in the ass fruit. You got to be passionate about it to eat it. I think they're named after how the flower looks like Jesus on a cross. I'm pretty sure that's where the passion part comes from. Oh, all right. Names. There's something Christian about Definitely it. Definitely like, possible. Distinctly Catholic. So the reason why I picked this beer is because Humbert is a very passionate man. That's certainly true. He's passionate, passionate about a certain thing. Yes. Yes, he is. Because he goes to pick her up at camp. Yeah, he's like, let me go pick. He, he like tricks everybody. They're like, oh, my God, this is so terrible. And one putz is like, I'll help pay for the funeral. He's like, thanks. And then he leaves. <laughs> He's like, and the guy was it was totally thinking he was just going to offer, and Humbert would say, no, 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 that's very kind of you. And Humbert says, oh, you will? Oh, my God, thank you. And the guy's like, oh, wait, really? Fuck. No, no. I've got a lot of kid fucking to do. Um, anyway, he, he like does the funeral. And like, I, don't that? He, I don't know if he even does the funeral. Well, the funeral happens. It, it's not really like mentioned, but it, it mentioned uh, in, as part of his narrative, but you know, it happens. And then he literally gets in the car and drives to the uh, Lolita's camp. Camp Lolita's Q or something Summer else? camp. But then when he gets there, he doesn't just come out and say, your mother's dead. He, he has this whole story about how, oh, your mother's very sick and in the hospital. That's why we have to go. That's, I'm picking you up and we're going to drive to... Well, that's usually my pickup line for the ladies. Hey, your mother's hey, in the hospital. your mom's in the hospital. Come with me. <laughs> I'll help out. And then... Uh, made pancakes. But he's like, yeah, I got to... 
we're going to take you out of here. Your mom's very sick. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay. She's going to have a very serious operation. But we're going to drive, uh, drive around to a bunch of motels first. And then she's a dick. She's a pain in the ass at some she's point. Kind of mm-hmm. a, she's kind of a shitty kid. Because she's a kid. Yeah. Kids are shitty. There's few people meaner than 12, 13-year-old girls. That, that is the meanest there ever was. So, yeah, so uh, anyway, <laughs> so, well, this is the part where they, they like, stay in a hotel because the journey was supposed to be a long time, and the hotel, it only has one room left. They don't even have, like, an extra bed they can put in. Oh the my. one he originally... Uh, oh, that's the that's beer. The, the one he <laughs> originally... Uh, uh, not right down. Booked? It's Booked. the Enchanted Hunters. Exactly. In... Where he had planned to take her. I mean, this was part of his whole, like, fantasy. And, you know, they have to sleep in the same bed. Well, first, he's, he has a plan. He drugs her. Oh, yeah. That's right. He spends, he spends a lot of time testing sleeping pills. Which is why I wrote this beer. It's called Prima Pills. Oh. As in Pilsner. <laughs> but it just says pills. So, fuck that shit. There you go. He gives her these purple pills. And he's well, like, like he, he keeps He's like, he gets, he gets off on lying to psychologists. Yeah. And so they, they, uh, he keeps telling him he has insomnia. They he give him something the, They give him these magic pills that are supposed to knock him the fuck out, but he never tries them, and he finds out that night that they're just bullshit pills. Placebos, so this, is, yeah. this is a Pilsner from Victory, which, you know what? In the long run, this evening turns out to be a victory for Humbert. So it's cool. Not this evening, but... Well, soon enough. Yeah. But I picked it because uh, I had someone brought this over, and I was like, I don't ever want to drink this. But pills... Wait, Humbert gives that girl pills. Sold. It's pretty bitter. This is pretty bitter for a Pilsner. Plenty of Victory beers before. This is super like dry. Yeah, getting dehydrated more so than usual. I am. I continue to not like Pilsners. This is just not you know doing it for me. They're either totally whatever. I mean, I still I don't like these. But when I was on my vacation and it was so incredibly hot, and I sat down at a little restaurant for lunch, and they have one. uh, It was literally the food. Oh, and then it just says beer. Yeah, it's like small, medium, large. It's a beer. It's just not like any different type. So, uh, like, I'll have a beer, please. And they bring it out, and it was definitely a pilsner, and it was delicious. I don't know what kind, but you know, it was really hot. I was very thirsty, and it was it was a not super strong pilsner, but had plenty of flavor, and it was delicious. It was great. This is not that. This is not <laughs> that is delicious different. pilsner. This is just this is like as you said, really bitter, and it's like an also India has pale pilsner. Has um, also kind of like a chalky taste to it. It's I don't know who would like this. Can I ask you though, if they had brought you out a glass of iced tea, wouldn't you have also been like, "This is delicious"? On yes, a because hottest, I, because I, I, fucking hot today. Yeah, but tea is also d- delicious. Yeah, so, but, but that particular pilsner was very good. Maybe in the context of it being here, it would be this is fine. So you know, there it's good. It's not going to be bad here though. This is just weird. We well, talked about this before. Like certain beers are the right conditions. Yeah, you're like that is a magical beer. Certainly. I feel like the magical ones will be magical no matter what. And Not the, true. And the shitty ones are going to be shitty no matter what. Uh, I think the shitty ones are shitty no matter what. The magical ones, though, are only magical when the fucking stars align the right way. I've told that. several stories about this on the show. How like, you have to have it the right time when Jimmy's dad dies, and then you're like, this is the best beer ever. Jimmy's dad's dead. I have to Wasn't weep. Wasn't that the Hebrew? That was the Hebrew 15th anniversary ale that I drank. Well, no one knows suffering like that. of. Two 22s of. Jesus. And it was a 15% alcohol beer. I just pounded yeah, those down. of 12 beers. It was a lot of beers. So I drank all those and it wept. But also, when I had KPS for the first time, I thought it was like the second coming of Christ. I thought it was Christ coming in my mouth. <laughs> it was that good. And then I had it afterwards. And I was like, yeah, it's not bad. Magical beers are all about context. Most of the beers I have are here. 
Well, so I feel like if I had them, we have had some. Still be. They'd still be pretty goddamn good. We have had on this show some of the most famous beers. We've had fucking Alchemist, Heady Topper. We've had KBS. We've had CBS. We've had Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. We've had we've had fucking like twenty percent alcohol IPAs. We've had some crazy beers. It's all about where you have it and who you share it with, more so than what the beer is. I feel there's there's no objective. Like some are just fucking awesome. I think there are some that are fucking awesome, but. When you look back on your experiences, and you're like, man, that was a transcendent drinking experience. It's a lot more than just the beverage. Like, Certainly. you could not yeah. have, like, the best beer you've ever had. Imagine drinking that in your fucking underwear in your apartment at 2 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. You wouldn't be like, this is the best day ever. Well, no. you wouldn't be at work, so maybe it would be. I mean, the it has a leg ever. up. It does have a leg up. But you wouldn't be like, eh, this is really fucking good. And that's totally cool, but you would never look back and say, this is the best beer I ever had, because the conditions you had it were kind of like, hmm, depressing. You know? Depends on what you're into. Sure, <laughs> but if you like drinking at home in your underwear... You're not going to get the fancy beers. Send us a message at Drunk as a VC. <laughs> <laughs> Please Let us give us five stars. But if you like drinking you by are yourself our people. and hanging out on your couch... You're looking for something different too, and you're probably not going to go buy for help. the seventeen dollar a bottle beer yeah. to drink in your underwear on your fucking couch. Like there is an element of where and with whom you have the beer that makes it special. I feel that. Believe me, I've had more than enough beers. Not just today. Yeah. No, it makes sense. You know who didn't have any beers? Lolita, because she's twelve. <laughs> but in European terms, I think you could drink at twelve now. No, not twelve. You used to be taller than the bar. <laughs> Which Lolita may not have been, because it's like a year or she's, two she's later, like and she turns tall or something. Yeah, a year or two later, she turns five feet tall. So, yeah, I remember when I would turn mm-hmm. five feet tall when you were four. Four. The one I brought. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, so eventually, you know, he, she, uh, he tells her her mom's dead. He's like, oh, by the way, that was the next day. Yeah, it's like just kidding. She's dead, and then she was sad, and then it's like, all right. Let's make everything better and go on a cross-country road trip and just go see everything. We're She's leaving like, out cool. an important little detail that happened first, though. It has to do with this beer. <laughs> I thought that they didn't do that oh, until no, we, after. We, we, no, it was before. Was it before? Yep. He, before he, he told her her mother was dead. This was because he told her like that later that night. All right, this beer is called Nailed It. <laughs> <laughs> Not proud. That I brought this, but there's, there's no pride <laughs> no. in this one. I'm proud to drink it. This is also from Industrial Arts. This is a nitro. You're gonna love being associated with this. I wonder if we, if we, you know, email them if they'll sponsor us. I have emailed them to see if we could record an episode there. They have not gotten back to us. It's weird. It's like they listen to our show. We've done now what six road shows? Yeah, six, uh, six road shows. Mm-hmm. So what is this exactly? Because I thought this was, I thought I read it very briefly. I thought it said IPA. It says, but I'm it I'm is, an idiot. It says nitro oat stout. It's made for horses. Do you know? I think we talked about this at one point. The the John the first dictionary. Who is that? Oh, Samuel yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Oats and he says a f- in England a food for horses and Scotland a food for people or in Ireland a food for people something like that. Mm. It's just like a stout. I don't get the nitro. Because the head I is nitro not, just means it's like in one bubbles, tiny right? barrel. Nitro is about the gas they use to con to. Uh, it's like uh, super super carbonate. You were going to say carbonate, but it's if it's nitrogen, it can't be carbonated. Nitrogenate. You need, carbon, you need uh, for that. fucking nitrate. <laughs> yeah, to nitrate it, which sounds like you're uh, putting pork nitrates. products into it. <laughs> yeah. 
putting it, to put the crazy preservatives in it. Or whatever makes the bubbles, because uh, I was going to say carbonation, and that's wrong too, apparently. Nitrogen. Is carbonation carbon? Well, because it's, it's carbon, carbon dioxide. dioxide. Oh, right, yeah. So nitro has smaller bubbles. I did a science. Oh, fuck, you did a science. I forgot about that. <laughs> nitro has smaller bubbles, which is why Guinness has that very, very creamy head. And so does Humbert Humbert. Yeah, he does. So he nails it, but he finds out first that she's like, yeah, I used to, we, oh, we had sex at the camp all the time. We said, fuck this dude in the bushes. While he was like, on, one of us would take turns looking out and the other one would fuck him. And so, he's like, oh dear, come sit on daddy's lap. So it's that whole to, lap sitting scene too. Uh, according to the uh, narrative, like she initiated it first. She and, totally wanted it. And later tells how, no, she's not even a virgin. Because he's a fucking bullshitter. He's full of shit. She also later on is like, hey, you raped me. And he's like, no, child. That was, it's pronounced dad. <laughs> like he just, like, yeah, he, he just totally her. just says, no, I didn't. And also, they have a throwaway line about how she cries herself to sleep every night. Yeah. She weeps every night. Once she thinks he goes to sleep, she cries herself to sleep. It's like, oh, this took a dark turn for just a sentence. Because you, the thing is, like, he's, he's writing... This beautiful language with this clever wordplay. And you're like, I kind of believe him. That it's like, oh, they had some sort of weird, erotic... Romance. Bonnie and Clyde thing happening. Nope, he was just, just raping a kid you every know, day. Can I just read something from the book? It's actually the very, very first uh, line of the book. And just to talk about the kind of language this book uses. And this whole book is full of like really interesting words and alliteration and things like that. And so this is, this is the first three sentences of the book. Lolita... Light of my life, fire of my loins, my sin, my soul, Lolita, the tip of the tongue taking a trip of three steps down the palate to tap at three on the teeth, Lolita. That's like the, and and the whole book is full of stuff like that. I mean, I think this is especially. It's very Rococo. uh, uh, This is like especially uh, written that way, but this is, and so when the book is written in this kind of language, it sounds like this is. This is going to be a real story. I mean, not this, not a real story. It's going to be believable. But instead, he's completely lying. And it's written that way. I mean, I guess you could say it's, it, it's written that way to um, make himself sound more believable to whoever this judge or jury yeah, is. Yeah, supposed to endear people to his point of view. Because that's his fucking MO, is he waylays people with his wit and his European charm and his education, and, oh, I will teach you French, and I will teach you about philosophy, and I know so much, and just trust me, I'm such a smart man. That's his thing. And that's the whole book is presented that way, too. Would you say he Kaiser Soze mm-hmm. them? He doesn't exactly Kaiser Soze them, but it's close. Because Kaiser Soze makes up everything. I think he just shades everything. Right, Kaiser Soze fabricates everything whole. This is a usual suspects reference if you've not seen the film, which is really good. And I don't want to ruin it for you if we already didn't. But you should watch that movie. It's really good. And he just he takes events that happened because he references things like, and I have this receipt, and I have this book, and I have this fucking uh, pamphlet from this hotel and this trinket from this hotel. He takes these things and he kind of. And all the clothes he, he bought her and all the nice things he did for her. And the, yeah, and I got to do this repair on the but car. But occasionally he had to take her before, before dinner and just ream her out and then go have dinner, and it was lovely. And just like, oh. Yeah. They never explicitly talk about banging. Uh, well, they do mention it in passing. They mention that it, it in passing. Yeah, but in passing, but they never ever like, like, talk no, about the actual act. 
Because there's no erotic passages. Yeah. There's no like, and then I thrust my purple-headed member into her. Naked but, gun? <laughs> exactly, naked <laughs> gun, yeah. But he, he, he does mention, you know, that he banged her the night after she said, oh, I'm not a virgin. And he's like, great. Me neither. And then he fucks her. And then the next morning, they're eating at breakfast, and then like everything's fine, and then there's like one line. like, you would never know that just early that morning, I had done her three times, and it was really good. And the toast wasn't bad. And then he just moves on. Like, he just, he just, it's... Like the interest, the parts of the book that are the most scandalous are thrown away lines. Did we talk about this up here? I don't get a fucking I mean, we, single we hint said, of oat out of it. I mean, I don't know exactly what stout. oat would taste like. It's like a light beer. stout, kind of. It's like a dry, it's not a dry Irish stout. It's a very different thing. But it's not a very sweet stout. But the, the oat thing, I don't get it. Whatever. So he then, uh, he's like, let's go across the country. Because that's his name yeah, for I'm the country. Go across your country. Mm-hmm. So, so at that point, they literally just start driving around to and see, like, as sort of like tourists, but they drive around to different sites, they go see different, like, they stay in hotels, they see different, you know, kinds of famous, semi-famous things, but they do it for an entire year. So, they, they literally, it's just for an entire year, you're talking about like, driving to different places, staying in hotels trying to disguise it and just tell everybody, oh, she's my daughter, which she kind of is. So they travel around for an entire year, staying in places, seeing the sights, banging and all the time. Yep. Every night. Every night and some mornings. Well, all night and part of every day. Just like Kiss? Just like Kiss. <laughs> which they do that too. Yeah, yeah, but that's not really what he's after. No, it isn't. And uh, at the same time, he keeps just like complaining that, oh, she is such a brat, that she is so annoying. She's real. I'm beginning to see what her mother was saying. Um, and then tells her, you know, well, you can't tell anyone about what we're doing because I'm your only parent left. Oh, they'll put you in an orphanage. And, and they'll put you in an orphanage. It's like, worse than this. Exactly. And so, to, you know, really tells, yeah, holds her hostage just to the fact that That's she cool. doesn't want to be, you know, sent to an It'll be worse on you than it is on me. Yeah. I will, I'll get off light, as I already got off. <laughs> but for you, it's going to be terrible. Yep. Your mom's also dead, so like, where are you going to go, kid? And then they travel on for an entire year, and then at the start of the next school year, like she literally misses an entire year of school. I and think that was be- probably a normal thing back in the day. It certainly her. seems like it. No one asked, hey, why isn't that kid on school on a Wednesday? Hey, you've been gone for a year. What's up? Like, we were just traveling. Like, oh, cool. Uh, at, at the you know start of the next school year, they end up at Beardsley College. I don't even know where that is. It probably that. is not real. I mean, we, it's, I, somewhere, it's, in it's somewhere in New England. Yeah. Somewhere in New England. Beardsley College, um, where she's going to... It's college for girls. Like, this is a college for... It's um, a prep school. Yeah, prep school for, you know, high school-age girls. And he's going to teach? And he's going to not teach exactly, but he's going to do something kind some of kind academic of, there, but it didn't... I can't remember. I don't some think he was teaching any literature classes. Literature shit, or I don't know. What yeah. all he ends up doing is playing chess with the other asshole guy he hates. And beating the shit out of him in chess. Mm-hmm. Which, Nabokov was an, actually an excellent chess player. In fact, he wrote, he would create a chess problems for fun. Which, mm-hmm. I don't even fucking understand chess well so enough to know what that really means. fun. But like, here's the scenario. Get to check in three moves kind of shit. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck does that except for a chess nerd, which I am clearly not. Nabokov did that. He was a chess nerd, I guess. Big time. He's an excellent player. But I mean, the guy was a brilliant fucking dude. He's also a lepidopterist. He studies butterflies. Exactly. It's a good word. Yeah. He, he's the weirdest dude. He's like the real life Dos Equis guy. 
<laughs> world's most interesting man. <laughs> just like, I play chess and study butterflies and then write a novel in three languages. And fuck your mom. Well, yeah. Well, or her daughter. But hopefully not drink Dos Equis while you did it. Let's look at this one. That's a good one. Because it's terrible. Because everything here is terrible. So you brought this, Jimmy. This is Summer Blonde. Summer Blonde. River Horse. It does. It's a great picture of a hippo in a bikini. Oh, God. And it says, you know you want it next to it. Well, I didn't even notice that. That makes this worse or more appropriate. I don't know. I think more appropriate in this case, actually. If appropriate can be used as is an appropriate word. Is this, I don't know. What, the, what style is this? This tastes it's like... It's a blonde. So I assume it's blonde, a blonde what? ale. I mean, it's ditzy? Yeah. This tastes like a lager. But it's an ale. If you it's hand, an ale on the front. If you handed this to me... Uh, if you Summer or lager, I should say. If you handed this to me and said, hey... Here's a glass of Sam Adams Summer Lager, Summer Ale. I'm like, great. Yeah. I said, oh, here's a glass of Brooklyn Summer Ale. I'm like, awesome. This tastes like every big brewery summer beer. Delicious and fantastic for a hot day, but totally forgettable. Like, there's nothing. Like, what do you hang your hat on for this? You know? It's called, I picked Summer Blonde because she's a blonde and she went to summer camp. No, she's not. She has auburn hair. Yeah, but it's close enough. She has hair, and blonde is also a color of hair. Yeah. Okay. And just summer. All covers of the book have her with blonde hair for some reason. You ever see a cover of the book where they have a, a, a girl on it? Whose parents allow that child to be like, I was going to model. Like, yeah, that's fine. What is it for? The cover of Lolita. Like, great. Fine. It's a classic American Job's a novel. Job. It's, it's, there, there's got to be a line. It's like the, um, the show parents in Bruno. Remember that movie? When he's like, your, do- your child's been cast to be pushing a wheelbarrow of other childs into an oven, <laughs> wearing a Nazi uniform. And they're like, great. You remember this part of the movie? Like, uh, your- how much does your child weigh? 32 pounds? I need to lose 10 pounds in the next week. <laughs> okay. Like, these crazy parents who will do anything to get their kid to be a celebrity. Some of them will totally be like, oh, you want my kid? And it's not like the kid is, like, spreading their fucking hoo-ha open. It's just well, like... Exactly. He's dressed up as a Nazi. I mean, if you look at the covers of Lolita, they're often, like, really suggestive, like... Yeah. Like little girls like lying down in the lawn. That's the cover of the one I read on my uh, yeah. Kindle. Though I had this on uh, paperback years and years ago, and it was like a girl's legs with yeah. um, like yeah. saddle shoes yeah, and a that. skirt, and you're like, eh. it's really creepy. I mean, I mean, it was nice when I needed to pause and wink to something to just look at the cover. It was convenient. It's very convenient. But it was like, oh, that's wrong. That's so wrong. All right, back to the book. Loving her is wrong. She doesn't want to be right. So anyway, she enrolls in school, and he does something kind of academic, but also not really. And basically, he, uh, Humbert, he just watches her and doesn't allow her to, like, he allows her to go to class, but doesn't allow her, allow her to do anything that might bring her in contact with other boys. And she, she checks out all her friends. He yeah, also he, picks their residence because he has a clear view of the, like, playground area. And then they put a fence up, and he's like, foiled again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that definitely <laughs> happened in the book. It's very creepy. Um, and yeah, he checks out all her friends looking for nymphets. Uh, most of her friends are uggos. Yeah, he thinks <laughs> like, they're too uh, ugly. This <laughs> chid's a fucking little chud. I think he thought one was okay. <laughs> one, was, then, one was okay, but the rest were fucking chud children. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, I mean, some stuff kind of happens during that year. As she she joins, wants to be in the play, and he's like, "No, you can't be in a play. Like, you can be in the play if uh, is, you can be in the play if I bang you." And she said, "Okay, give me four dollars." 
Oh yeah, he also <laughs> comes out that he's she's like collecting money, and every time he finds her money hiding place, he just takes it, and she blames it on the housekeeper. <laughs> it's like she hid this money behind a picture frame, and I took it eleven dollars. She hid this inside of her sock drawer, and he says like I have to make sure she doesn't get enough money so that she can run away. That's exactly it. Yeah, he just one line. Oh, I'm afraid she's gonna run away. She all she needs is thirty dollars to make it Hollywood, and eventually he realizes she he stops finding it because she has a better hiding place that he never discovers. But he, she wants to be in the play, and then he gets called in by the headmistress at this, what is apparently a progressive school in 1949. So progressive. And so they're progressive, like, where the girls are taught not, and literally this is at the beginning of when they get there, that, uh, at the beginning of the school year, oh no, well, girls aren't really taught to read, they're, not, they're really not about reading girls books. Don't need to it's read. literally about being good for, being a good wife. It was like, it's like getting little going girls on good finishing dates. school kind of Yeah, thing. exactly. It's finishing school, like going on, you know, being good on a date, learning how to cook and clean and do housewife things. That's what they were learning at this school. But anyway, she calls, uh, this is later in the year, the teacher or headmistress calls him in and, and she says, oh, well, she's really kind of strange. She seems to be not really understanding sex. She, she like, was stuck between the genital and anal areas of development. Right, which are... about that. <laughs> which like, are, I've been trying for years. Tell me about it. <laughs> which are, you we know, also faces, made a healthy stop at oral. Phases of, of the Freudian psychology. Which was cool back then. Hasn't that all been shown to be total nonsense? Oh, yeah, yeah but definitely. Back completely. in the 40s, it was the hot shit, wasn't in it? In 1948, The anal phase is the hot shit. <laughs> Depends, yeah. <laughs> Depends? If you're in the anal if phase, you, you, if you need you jalapenos. <laughs> But he is so paranoid. He starts to become paranoid at this point, and he thinks every other adult knows, or that uh, Lolita has said something to other people. And he's like, "Don't." He, he like beats her up too. He like wrenches her arm and shit. And he's like, "Don't tell them fucking shit." And she's like, "I didn't say anything." He's like, "I don't believe you." Touch my penis. And then he he gets into the office with the headmistress, and he the whole time, every time she takes a breath, he's like, "And then I think she's about to say, and you're fucking that kid." He thinks it's happening. And so from that point on in the book, every other adult he looks at with serious suspicion. He buys a gun at some point. Was it at this time? I think so, yeah. It's around, yeah. It's kind of like, again, like a one-liner, glossed over kind of thing, right? Like he just Mm kind of gets a gun. And then I bought a gun. And I did some target practice out in the woods. Yeah. Boom. We have two more beers. We probably could have done both earlier because there's no beer. We don't have a beer that's like me and my child's bride. Uh, mistress are on the run barley wine so we're gonna do uh this one which is a re-drink for us but it's certainly what Lolita represented to him humber that is this is wet dream by uh evil twin it's a brown ale brewed with coffee was this uh from 50 shades episode uh it might be that sounds about right it might be an aged brown ale not to be just a brown ale appropriately <laughs> aged though that girl was ale. equally inexperienced I have to say the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey was somehow stupider than the fucking 12-year-old girl from 1947. Definitely stupider. <laughs> she managed to get all the way through college without an email account. Well, she hadn't fired up her MacBook. Yeah. <laughs> but she didn't have any next-gen shit. So, wet dream. It tastes like coffee poured into a cup that used to have beer. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like it's, it's, it's ashy. You could taste the grinds, the grounds. Whatever that word is. Groins? The groins. The coffee groins. But it's, does this have like lemon in it or something? Because there's also there's a little m- bit of a... We had a different coffee and lemon beer from Evil Twin actually a while ago. Coffee and lemon? We did it for the, one of the Lord of the Rings books. All I get... I really feel like um, when you make coffee and you don't put the fucking filter in right, 
and you get some coffee grinds in your coffee. That's what this tastes like. Yeah. Except I watered it down with beer. I don't drink coffee, but this is what my idea of it is. I never liked the taste of coffee by itself. I like coffee as an ingredient. I don't like coffee as the main thing. Like a coffee stout, I can get on board with. A coffee, a coffee, anything. Just regular coffee in. juice is not good, though. But just coffee is a means to getting caffeine. It's just a caffeine delivery vehicle. It's a needle. Yeah, if, if I could mainline it faster, I would. What do you think of this name? Not really a fan. Tastes like old coffee. With something a little bit sour in it, also. Could be uh and, and how did you describe it, Jimmy? It tastes like a crab smoking a cigarette. What does that even mean? <laughs> a crab? Think about it. I, Just think about it. I, I am. Take the image in your mind. There's nothing sel- shellfish about this. It was also uh, it was an internet joke. It was a picture of a crab holding a cigarette, and it was the lyrics to Mr. Brightside. And it's like now she's having a smoke. As now she's taking, getting her dress, and she's smoking, having a smoke, and he's having a smoke, and he's also a crab. Instead of taking a drag. Oh. But hey, this, this uh, tastes like that. How come fishermen don't like to share? Because they're selfish? Because their business makes them selfish. God damn it. You're welcome. God damn it. Tell that to the next child you meet. And you could be the next Humbert Humbert. It's a good, it's a good pickup. I don't, I don't think I want that. <laughs> it's a good opener. I don't know. Literally opener. <laughs> well, not in his case. He was too late. He got beat there by the dirt bag from camp. Yeah, the the camp mistress's son, who was just gallivanting about camp, fucking all the girls, sampling all the wares. <laughs> so um, they are on the road. He gets they go no, back wait, on wait. the road. So he's like, Let's they're at the college, place. and then they like have a big fight, and then they decide, you know what, we should just leave. And so they do. It's not even the end of the school year. It's yeah. merely like three quarters of the way through. I can teach you everything, child. Everything you need to know. And then he takes her on the road, and he teaches her. And then he takes her across the country again to like a hundred motels. And he's like, this time you could pick where we go. So they drove like 27,000 miles. They went to 342 hotels or something ridiculous like that. He throws some numbers out. It's like, like more that hotels was, than days. <clears throat> that was at the end. That's when he was going to each and every hotel to, that he could find to look for her. Right. Because oh, yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to get there. So that wasn't, they'd still, but for the first road, year long road trip, they did 27,000 miles. They went back and forth across the country and do all these different things. Way more than the Proclaimers. <laughs> so they go back out on the road. And yeah, this time she gets to pick the locations. And they go off to two different places. One is Elphinstone. And the other is... is that Rivendell? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's supposed to be like the word elephant instead of elvish, like it would be in Rivendell. But, yeah. um, I don't, is this a real place? So no, he just makes shit up. He just makes shit up. Oh, I mean, maybe maybe they're like real places. I don't know. Oh, but during the second car journey, he thinks he's being followed by trap. Like he sees a, which is his brother. He thinks this is like cousin. It's like, that looks like my cousin. He <laughs> also fucks kids. This is my turf. <laughs> Back off. Yeah. Other side of the Atlantic. <laughs> Basically. And he thinks he's being followed because he just sees the same car, and it's like a red convertible. You know, but I was thinking about this as I read it because I had just I have just done like a four hundred not four hundred how many miles was it three three hundred ish mile driving trip. There was no fucking highway system in nineteen forty eight. No. So what the hell were they Wasn't driving that on? Eisenhower did the yeah. Thanks, system? Ike, with his idea. They he were got driving the Nazis. on. They were driving on basically like two lane roads with a lot of traffic lights. That's why he said at one point in the book we usually did about one hundred and fifty miles a day. Which is nothing. 150 miles a day, that's brutal. That's horrifically I mean, that's slow. On a highway, that's literally two and a half hours. 
But yeah. on but when you're just driving through these little tiny towns and there's like a couple of stoplights and then, you know, it's kind of just, you know, there'll be a passing lane every once in a while. There are, you know, that's that's what every road was like. Those were the biggest roads. That's they also I mean. only had like 12 states back then. Uh, they had 12. <laughs> yeah. And they were yeah, the old the last two go middle ground say 20 more years uh, what was the 40, 22 what was the 49th state uh, the 48th state you know 49 is uh, Hawaii and Alaska or vice versa mm-hmm. what was the one before that Milwaukee uh, uh, my guess Washington or Oregon probably if you're just working your way west, west. Those. makes sense I have no idea I really don't know the answer I don't know I also don't care to even google it on my phone right now find no. out it's a stupid state um, so anyway Humbert thinks they're being followed and so he like does something to scare the guy in the red convertible and then he's still convinced he's being followed but he thinks he's being followed by a guy who just keeps switching cars like he goes to one car this guy this is this is humbert's like paranoia these guys going to one car dealership getting a car driving it a couple hundred miles then pulling it into a car dealership and just trading it for a different one like he just keeps getting different cars and this is by the way long before you can lease or rent a car this is when you had to just buy a car. Like there were no alternatives to car ownership in 1947, 48, 49. Like he'd have to take his fucking jalopy, trade it in somewhere to get whatever goddamn nonsense they'd give him for it, and then buy a new car. It's not that's like he could just. It's a very inefficient way of stalking. It is really not helpful. And that's just how paranoid Humbert is. He's like this guy. He's kind of losing his mind. Who looks like yeah, me? For sure. It's a guy who looks like him, right? Humbert sees himself in the stalker. That guy who looks like me is following me. You're like, what is happening at this point in the book? Like, it is trippy. So after they were going go around for a while, finally they get to this one town where uh, Lolita gets sick, and then she's in the hospital uh, for I forget what it was. She's like a some kind of infection, and then the badge. <laughs> and probably, uh, and then Humbert also gets sick. And he's sort of, but he just doesn't stay in the hospital. He just stays in his, like, hotel room for a couple of days. And when he finally gets back to the hospital, Lolita's gone. And the nurses say, oh, she went to stay with her uncle, as you agreed, right? Security was really different back in the day. There hey, was no I'm, I'm this guy, I'm this kid's uncle. Cool, I trust you. You have a beard. Perfect. You're an adult. You're even wearing pants. Good about your day. And at that point, she's just gone. He can't find her. And this is where he becomes even more crazy and unhinged, and he just drives around to as many places he can remember that they've been to, that different hotels around, tries to figure out what direction they might have, might have gone, and he looks at the registry for all the different places, all, all the different hotels, because they write down the names and stuff, and he thinks he sees clues and oh, stuff like, left that's there. That's clearly a fake name. Or that's clearly a reference to blah, 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 that only my brother would know I knew because of, his, because of our love of French literature. And Moliere, you know, dick in your daughter. Who do, would know that? Dotel. Dotel. <laughs> no? And uh, Voltaire, <laughs> you a new one. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, he just goes on like this literally for years. Yeah, he's, and then he figures it out eventually. So he, he also finds like another girlfriend who's like completely crazy. But she's like 27 years old. He's like, oh, yeah. a Gmail. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> there, was some, what, there was something fucking weird about her, though, wasn't there? What the fuck was it? She was crazy. She was an idiot and weird. She was another girl, woman, child. Like she acted like a little kid, or yeah, I think that's what I think that's he, he needs a child in body or mind, preferably both. But yeah. he'll take what he can get. Speaking of child, we have one more beer. 
Yes, we do. Ah. Ah. This is from Platform. I had a few of their beers. What is this one? I think you put it to me. Uh, it's called Safety Scissors. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Were there scissors involved in the novel? I think uh, there were like... no scissors, but children use safety scissors. <laughs> <laughs> They're not old enough for regular scissors. Man, safety scissors blow because they don't cut anything. I remember one no, year in like, elementary school, my mom bought me the safety scissors. I was like, Mom, not cool. These suck. <laughs> they do suck. I'm going to have to steal the scissors from the kid at my table all the time. They're like made of like plastic. And he's like, you just rub them hard enough together. They'll cut. Like, no, that's not how fucking scissors work. <laughs> Man, if rubbing things hard enough would make them cut, I wouldn't have a penis right now. It'd be like a mozzarella string cheese. The fucking things. What is it with all the beers today? This is maybe a... we're supposed to be upset by them. Okay, well let's look at so upsetting. <laughs> that's fair. This is all right. Let's let's brace ourselves. We should have done this. I haven't sipped yet. A kettle sour Berliner Weiss with blood orange and apricot, and it says the word tart on the can. Now take a sip. It's definitely tart. That's dead on. Yep. It's. I don't like this because I don't like this kind of beer. But for what it is, this is fine. This is just not my steez, as Jimmy says all yep, the time. Not my steez, but it's not. It's not the worst. I don't know. Maybe I'm adjusting to these fucking sour beers. I still don't really like them, but I understand where they're coming from. I can pretend they're juice, and it makes it a little easier. I think we should just drink these around a fucking trash fire in my backyard one day. Then we would love this. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love a good trash fire? People with money. Trash collectors. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, having a, you know, in the, in the, in the, um, the burn pit in the back of the yard, burning some shit, having a beer, making s'mores, this is the perfect kind of beer. Have some of that, uh, what the fuck was that, s'more beer? The decadent ones? That was uh, the dino s'mores. There was another one, though, the decadent ales. You mean the one that tasted like marshmallow? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was legit. Yeah. But that wouldn't actually be good for that scenario, because if it's so hot as balls and you're sitting around a 200-degree fire, 300-degree fire, whatever it is, you don't want to have something that's heavy and sweet. Something light and crisp is, is the thing what the doctor ordered, you know? That's the thing that the doctor ordered. Dr. Humbert ordered it. Which, by the way, Humbert like, randomly changes his name throughout the book. Yeah. Like, or other people he call him add, the wrong He adds name. Edgar or something. Well, sometimes. he changes his first name. His first name doesn't. is like, very flexible. But people are constantly calling him the wrong name. They're like, Mr. Humding. Mr. Hum, Humbert. Humbert. There was like one paragraph. Where it's like five well, different names. Right they kept changing his name every time. I think that was the school headmistress. Yeah. Because his, his whole identity is questionable. And because he's kind of insane. Well, yeah, as we learn by the end of the book, he's nuts. But the whole story, and this is kind of like, um, I guess it's like Usual Suspects, but there must be like other movies where like that could have all just not happened. You know, other books, you know? There must be other ones I can't think of them right now. You mean like Life of Pi? Oh, yeah. Sort of like Life of Pi, yeah. Yeah, definitely like Life of Pi. I mean, where they just make up some shit. I guess, yeah, he just makes shit up. I mean, he has his job and his title changes every so often. It goes from like, oh, Dr. Humbert thinks this, or Professor Humbert does that, or the author Humbert does this, or psychologist Humbert does. Like, what did he actually do? It's never clear. Some, yeah, just something with schools. He just has some money and he's educated, but he's a nut job pred- predator. And then he meets the person, finally he tracks down the person who took Lolita. Well, we should talk about how he finally finds Lolita again first. Oh, yeah, she sends him a letter. So he, this is like three years later. He's living in, what, Paris again? New York again? Oh, isn't he with a Somewhere. stupid wife? He's, he's, with, he's, with, he's with the stupid woman. He's with, he's with the stupid woman. They're not married or anything. But um, she gets a letter from Lolita, and it says she is married 
She's pregnant Ew. and she needs some money. And at this point, she's only 17 years old. But that would have been more normal then. It would well, have been close. If that had all happened in the last nine months, then yeah, totally. Oh, well, you're a grown woman now. Get married. And he tracks down where she's at, which is in the Midwest somewhere, right? Pennsylvania. Is it Pennsylvania? It's in some, she's in some fucking it. hovel. She's in a clapboard shack house. Yeah. Like a fucking, like the kind of place where Lincoln was born. Like a fucking shanty town in the woods. Yeah. And she's morbidly pregnant. She's, she's like, a, she's 47 months pregnant. She's carrying triplet elephants. And he's like, ugh. Oh, gross. Get out of my sight. It's like Molly, though. No, he doesn't say that, actually. <laughs> and she's got glasses. And he's like, oh, God. Four eyes, Lita. So old now. And then uh, she's like, no, no, I'm married to my husband, Dick. Her husband's name is Dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She couldn't give like, it up. I thought I introduced you to Dick. But then she's with her husband, Dick, and they're poor as shit because he works as like a dirt farmer or something. He works, he works <laughs> in an industry that's about to take off once they get a job in it. <laughs> He's got no money. And she's just like, I'm just going to sit here and just make babies because this is America. And Humbert's like, all right, cool. Leave with me right now. We'll go to all of the great roadside attractions we never got to in the past. We'll see the world's biggest ball of yarn. <laughs> and she's like, I heard in New Paltz they have the world's largest Adirondack chair. I love Adirondack chairs. Well, you should go to New Paltz then and see the world's biggest one. I just need one that's big enough for me. Well, then you might need to go to New Paltz. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. We, we bought Adirondack chairs and I put them together wrong. I put one together wrong that only my wife could fit in it. Because the handles were like cut weird. And I was like, that makes sense. That's how those look. Because it had like a, like a bowing kind of thing to it. Mm. And I was like, those should be on the inside, right? And then I put them in there. I was like, I can't even fit in that chair. <laughs> Fuck, I got to lose weight. And then Claire sits in there. She's like, this is the perfect chair. Get away from me, giant. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, man, we got to gotta put together another one of these. And this time, I was not an idiot. I read the instructions. I was like, oh, I see. So you put it together wrong. So therefore, it was her size. I, not on purpose. I would never give her her own chair. I'm going to be the dad. And you know, like, Give a the main thing about being a dad is you get your own chair. It's the only thing a dad gets. Everything else you lose. Yeah. I'm going to have a girl child. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to fucking be basically homeless in this house. I'm going to get <laughs> my, own, own home. my own chair is the only thing I can look forward to. Your special to. pooping bathroom is gone, man. I'm going to have the pooping bathroom because Claire and the fucking little child are going to use Claire's bathroom and then well, laugh should, at me. You should just, look you should at just our never bathroom's clean, clean. It. it smells like lavender. Look at his. It's like a sewer. <laughs> If and you I'm just don't think there, they won't want to go in. And they're going to pick the lock and watch me take a dump. And they're like, look at him. Look at the oaf. Look at him in there. It's take away too, his newspaper. The door's too far away. I can't close it. <laughs> Please. I'm not an animal. And they're just going to fucking mock oh, me. I am a man. <laughs> That's what my life's going to be like. So I put together the Adirondack chair for me. I was like, perfect. And then I didn't realize that my wife ordered these fucking Adirondack chairs from like Hay Needle or one of these like yuppie douchebag websites where it's like, this is very artistic and artisanal. It's made out of goddamn garbage that when I sat in it, it's like, this is creaking under the strain of this man. It's like foam core. This is just shitty. There's like two screws are not going to hold this together. I put it together. I followed all the directions. This is dumb. And then you call him like, well, we have actually a bigger chair. It's the granddaddy. <laughs> like, I'm not fucking sitting in the granddaddy chair. I'm 30 year, 31 years old. Fuck you. So now those chairs are sitting in the backyard and I fucking hate them. Every time I walk by, I just look at that chair. I'm like, I can't wait. For you to break, and I get to throw you out. Nice Money thing. well spent. My little cheap, cheap, cheap wife called them up and complained that one of the like boards was splintered, and they were like, "Oh, all right, we'll just give you the money back." So we only paid for one. It's like, thanks, cheap wife, and she's gonna use that with my daughter to 
prod me in my man cage. Please don't ever say a sentence again. Prod me in my man cage? That's, that's the one. <laughs> of all the things. I don't want to hear about your daughter prodding your man cage. It's prodding me in my man cage. It's the same thing. I don't know. It's literally the same thing. Yeah, oh God. So anyway. I only have a few more weeks of being able to do this guy, basically. So <laughs> let's, let's get her done. Yep. So uh, here's, like Lolita. What, here's what's going on. <laughs> um, He, like, Humbert is so sad. He misses her so much and asks her, just leave with me right now. Even though she's not hot anymore. Let me kiss your long-toed feet. He constantly talks about how she has long toes. Uh, of course he's a foot guy. Oh, yeah, you can't not be a foot guy at that point. <laughs> we know what Jimmy thinks about feet. I'm just saying, he's a kid fucker, also a foot guy. I don't know. Maybe he does talk about her feet an awful lot throughout the book. Anyway, he begs her to, to just leave with him, and she says, no. No, there's no way. That's but ever gonna he's happen. like, let me give you some money. Whatever you want to do is cool with me. Stay or go, but here's some money. She's like, thanks for the money. I'm not going. It's a lot of fucking money. Four grand. She gives four, he gives her $4,000. Back in the day, that's like $4 billion. At least, yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe trillion. That. She's going to start her own venture capital firm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes... She's going to call it soft money. Then he leaves, and his new mission is to try and find the person Who that took it. her away that three years ago. also fucked her. That's still her. Claire Quilty, right? Yeah. It turned That's out to be name. the playwright dude that met her back at Beardsley the year before. That was the one part of the plot... That was fucking absurd for me. Yeah. Like, was the final that, confrontation? No. Like, Just where the fact did that, that it was come that guy. from? Like, he was not even in the fucking book, basically. No. It, and but yet he throws in a sentence, you've probably guessed by now who it was. And I was reading it like, no. Well, what I mean, the it's, fuck? It's, it's entirely from this it. psycho's perspective, and he didn't really ever see this guy. I mean, when so. I read it, and, he, I, and he's like, he looks like me, but he's got a little fuller face. I'm like, I think it's just him, and he's crazy. That's what I thought. Like, maybe he's well, just wasn't the guy. The guy that did it wasn't really. Exactly, like, yeah. didn't, didn't look like him, I thought. But he says it, he looks like me. When he's like, he well, looks he, like my brother well, or my cousin, Trap. Well, like, the guy that's following, air quotes, them, might not have actually been the one that actually stole him. True. But that's just the person he thinks it is. And he finds the person who actually did it. Doesn't mean that's the person he thought it was when they were driving around. It was the person who actually took her. Which could have been no one, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it's... It could have never... I, she could have just escaped with did anybody. They, they didn't really ever... Did they say that it was definitely him that like got her out? Well, they never. There's nothing definite because it's from the perspective of yeah. a psychopath. But he does say she lived with this guy, and it, it, his whole family was into weird sex stuff. And she was like, "No, no, no! I don't want to do that. I just want to have sex Claire. with my daddy." And he's like, "Yuck! Get out of here, whore!" And then she Move runs to away. the woods. <laughs> she lives in a shack hovel with her husband, Dick. Well, they have an optometrist, though. <laughs> anyway, he figures out who it is and tracks him down at his home. And kills him, but like Shoots it like haunts him in like skills. in like the the least impressive fight scene ever. Yeah, like they're. I mean, both, it's, it's just the most pathetic. Yeah, they're both shit at fighting, and it's during like a party he's having, and no one believes it. Or the other people for the party are not there yet. They're sitting in the sitting room. He having comes down cucumber sandwiches or something. Yeah. After he after Humbert comes downstairs after he kills the guy. After they have a slap fight to death and he shoots him. Turns out he wasn't actually dead because he got out of he got out of bed and like crawled down the stairs even though like half his face is missing and you know and he comes he down and he's like hey like I just times. killed this dude and everyone's like cool I should have done that <laughs> yeah <laughs> artists paint it quick yeah right um, well they, they do uh, Humbert hints throughout the whole book about how he's a murderer I mean that's why he's in jail he's yeah. actually not mm-hmm. in jail for what he did to the kid he's in jail for murder the preface to the book yeah. is how he's actually yeah. the preface of the book says he's already dead 
Yes. He, he's in jail he for murder, a, he, and he dies before, like... He has a heart attack before he goes to trial. Yeah, but he writes this whole testimony out. And then the foreword is like, we found this. He, we have been was, he watching. Boofed. He boofed it. He boofed the whole thing. Got mad paper cuts in his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> he died of sepsis from all the pooping and his paper cuts. <laughs> it's, you can't die of sepsis if it's your own poop, Jimmy. <laughs> is that true? Oh, I think you can. You know what? I'm going to say yes. If you get hemorrhoids, can you poop yourself to death? Like you, you can get blood poisoning from your own poop? I don't know. Probably I've never is. had hemorrhoids. Thank God. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a terrible way to go. Yeah, died of blood poop. <laughs> or poopy blood. Poopy blood. <laughs> just, just shit blood to death like Niagara you, you Balls. Like, you like shit into your own blood and you die. Uh, that sounds pretty awful. I mean, when you get a, uh, you know, if you get shot in the abdomen yeah. and you have a perforated bowel. Isn't that basically what happens to you? That's yeah, why you, you get die. like sepsis. That's why when you get stabbed through the bowels, like you... All your poop leaks before, into your body. Hole. Before antibiotics were invented, you were a goner. Like you it's were like not, your appendix bursting, but your appendix is full of poop. Yeah. Like you were just not... I believe it's the apudix <laughs> or the appendix. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> we, we've gotten to the end of the book. Oh yeah, so then he's like, um, yeah, she's gone now, that's cool, but I don't think I should go to jail forever. I should just get maybe like uh, 30 years. 30 years seems cool for raping and abducting that child. Because like those laws are silly. But I did, uh, murdering the guy. Because fuck their daughters. Like, capital punishment's not cool. So don't kill me. So European. Just let me hang out in this like sweet, sweet Norwegian jail where I get to write my memoirs. <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah. Right? That's basically it. It's a weird thing. So this is one of the most famous books. Now it's famous for a couple reasons. One is because it's scandalous. But it's also famous for how well-written it is. Yeah. And if you look at any list of greatest books of the 20th century, if you look at a long enough list of greatest, greatest books, books of, all time. of all time, this is up there. It's Definitely. on that list. Yeah, I, I agree. Why? The writing is some of the best writing. It's, it is fucked up and horrible, but it is so well-written that you kind of sometimes forget what it's really about. And so like, you kind of get just drawn in by that and you realize, oh, right, he's, he's raving this kid the whole book. Like, if it was written in any other way, it would be, like, this really is, seedy. I, I found myself, even though I, the whole book absolutely believed what he was doing to Lolita was absolutely awful, I still felt really bad for him because he misses her so much. And at the, at the part when, she say, when he asked her to, you know, come away with me again, please, and he's crying, and she said no, it's like... I felt bad for him. Yeah, it's like a it's like a real even though fucked it's like up love story. So <laughs> fucked up. I still felt bad for him, and he, the author makes you feel yeah. that way. If it wasn't written as it was, none of this would have been possible. It would have just been like the worst thing you've ever read, dude. Feeling bad for Humbert is like feeling bad that Gollum doesn't get the ring. You do feel a little bad for Gollum. He really loves that ring, but you're like, oh, just give him the ring. Just give him a little taste. Just the tip of the ring. <laughs> you know. That it's the same like oh he really should no have one, it's bad no it's one bad. liked it so they did not put a ring on it it was <laughs> also in most states it was illegal to put a ring on it for Humbert well because Gollum is a guy he had like random points throughout the book like oh and I'll marry this person and then I'll marry her and then in a few years we'll have a kid that yeah you can marry them I could start you know little does preparing. he call them little nymphets uh, or little lolitas something he probably like that. does because he's disgusting <laughs> lolitas <laughs> so. Is this a book people should read? Yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Next question. I can't think of reason. I mean, why I would not. say it's definitely unique, for sure. Yes. And it's beautiful There's writing. Nothing like it. And even though the subject matter is, you know, horrifying 
and scandalous, that also makes it more interesting. Is it kind of? I know this is like some bias, but it's kind of like like Blood Meridian almost, or Cormac McCarthy, where it's the, the language, the language, Meridian. kind of. Uh, oh God. <laughs> The first time, Meridian. But it's like the language kind of disguises what's really going on the whole time. I could, I could agree with that. Is this your first... This is not your first time reading it. Or yours. This, this is, is my, my first time This is my second it. time. I read this for the first time in high school because I went to Barnes & Noble and they had a section of banned books. And I picked this up. It was like, banned books. I'm a rebel. And I didn't understand a goddamn word of it. But I read it. It took me like a year of like on and off. Like, I'm going to try another few pages of this. Yeah. It is alluring. There's something interesting about it maybe because of the mystique that the book now holds after half a century of it being this band controversial scandalous controversial kind of thing but people like the word lolita is kind of like woven its way into the into the lexicon right? yeah like what was it, that it was a long island lolita what was her name uh the one who shot joey botafuco what was oh fuck i don't know amy fisher the amy fisher. lady no amy fisher was the one fucking joey botafuco and oh, that, that's Lizzie borden right and right. then um i forgot joey botafuco's wife's name mrs botafuco <laughs> Mary Jo. Okay, someone's an expert. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, he was banging this like 17-year-old girl out in Long Island. And they had some <laughs> torrid affair. And then she shot. She tried to shoot the wife. She tried to kill the wife, right? And shot her in the face. And then the wife talked all funny for the rest of her life. Like, my Joey's a good man. Like, she got shot in the face by this child hooker. And then she talked funny. And they, the press called her the Long Island Lolita. This is like a post headline. I want to say it's the late eighties. I was, it was, it transcended the post. The post wish they came with this. Yeah, I mean, she really like it has become a the word means something now. Well, I don't know if the word existed before this book. It means, I mean, it was a name, but now it It was an actual name. Totally. I mean, there was a short Mm -hmm. story half a century earlier, right? Yeah, but it means like enchantress, you know, like seductress, uh, and now it means child. Well, child, now it, child sex. Well, no, that's what it means now. Sorry, yeah. it means like you know this child who is like tempting of men. That's how it gets used, at least. Yeah. And if you name your child Lolita, you're fucked up as a parent. You should be allowed to that? have kids. I'm sh- people name their. It was no. trending on Twitter recently that Cardi B had a child and they named it Culture with a K. That's not all right. That's not all right. Like, hey, kid, welcome to the earth. Your name is stupid. It's bad enough that your parents are fucking morons. Culture, your name is culture. culture with a K. Yeah. Okay. Yep, Soon to be self-made millionaire. Yes. So people naming your kid Lolita compared to that, or compared to when people name their kid like fucking, you know. I mean, like naming your kid culture with a K is stupid, but they have to know that Lolita is about child fucking. But it also you just think it's a hot name or a cool name or a different Ooh. name. Ooh. And people name their kids literally anything. It's like naming your daughter Smut. That would be wrong. I pre- probably won't Unless you're that. Swedish, and then it's probably just Smooch? a very normal... <laughs> Unless it's like a very common name. There's like Smooch. nine U's and umlauts. Smooch. Hello. <laughs> Sounds Swedish, yeah. It's a, Bring it's the Swedish meatball, Smooch. It's the name of uh, an end table at Ikea. <laughs> oh, you see, you've purchased the Smooch. It's really good at holding things while you sleep. <laughs> People give their kids the dumbest fucking names. Yeah. But it's just... I. There are people that just take a bunch oh, of Scrabble t- tiles, shake them out, and they're like, that's a name. That's my kid. Yeah, there it is. Fuck you. Pronounce that also shit. Also sounds Swedish. Yeah. Let me say it less sing-songy. Now it sounds a little Germany. Icelandic, I think. Oh, all right. Um, Cousin fuckers. Now it sounds German. Now it's my, uh, that was my Japanese attempt. Sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, son. There you go. 
<laughs> I think that's Mongolian. There was fucking no such thing as a Mongolian accent. You go, and you conquer them. I was just thinking you're trying to sound like Genghis Khan. I believe you mean Genghis Khan. I've heard it said both ways. Isn't that the game where you knock over the blocks? Genghis. <laughs> Genghis. 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 No, it, it, that's the game where the you knock over China? empires. Sorry. It's, it's low risk. It's the Genghis Khan game. <laughs> it should be like, it'd be like Jenga, but like it's a long wall. You've got to knock. You've got to knock over the wall. And one person tries to not knock over the wall. Wow! Trademark. Drunk Guys Book Club. It's like a <laughs> whack a mole, but Jenga. <laughs> Whoop! Whoop! They always win. You just go like that. <laughs> or what actually happened is that they just fucking went around. Yeah, let's <laughs> go around that side of the wall. Sweet. So people should read this book because it's beautifully written and it is seductive in the way that you're like, Humber's not a bad guy. This is pretty cool. He's interesting. And then every once in a while, you're like, wait a second, that's wrong. But then the text is, the prose is so beautiful, they just kind of go along with it. You miss the snippets. I mean, this is the sort of book, if I were ever to read it again, I want to read it in like an academic setting where someone could tell me like what's happening. Because I feel like it's really deep. Like an annotated version. And Mm -hmm. Nabokov wrote some crazy shit, like a crazy deep inception level kind of crap in some of his books. This one's not actually that insane. I don't know any of those stuff. Pale Fire is a mind fuck of a book. It's uh, it's written as if a, an author has is like writing the preface to a recently discovered poem written by a famous poet who just died, and he writes a preface, and then there's the poem, and then there's footnotes explaining the poem. But you read the whole thing, and if you actually read the poem and the footnotes, and you go back and forth, it's like holy shit, this is like extremely dense and rich, and there's a ton of shit happening in this poem about this guy's life. How long is this book? It's like 300 pages, 400 pages. How long is the poem? The poem is 1,000 lines. Oh, fuck. Okay. Or 999 lines, actually. Yeah. Uh, but and he has a bunch of other short books, which are all really good. Um, there's actually like a draft version of Lolita that he wrote in Russian. That she was only eight in that one. <laughs> he later translated into English towards the end of his life, because Nabokov died in 1977 or something like that. Uh, called the in- It's translated as like the... Uh, the Enchanter or something like that. I forget what it's what it's called, but I, I read that. He has a thing called The Eye. He has a bunch of books. And some writers really, really like it. Like Michael Chabon raves about uh, Nabokov. Uh, hmm. People who are into like flowery language are, of course, going to like him because his writing style is, in, is impressive. Hmm. Uh, I liked it. Everything I read by his, I liked. The, the topic, the topics can be crazy. That's the point. But the style is like, it's, it's, a point. it's like so horrible, but the language makes you forget that. I think that is it, that you can't trust a smooth-talking European man. You definitely can't. That's that's true. <laughs> they bang kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell us what you thought. Um, no. <laughs> Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on the Twitter at drunkguysbc, as in book club. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. See you later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>